0: Welcome back, everybody, to the Nosebleed Sports Podcast. I am Chris Witt, and with me, as always, is Mr. Adam Schmidt. Adam,
1: how are you today? Doing very well. How about yourself?
0: Uh, Well, I feel like I'm going to be a little less loud today, as normally I'm in my basement today. I'm in a hotel room, and it's currently 1045 at night. So I'm going to try to keep it halfway quiet so I don't get a phone call uh later later from room service telling me to shut the uh, lip up landline
1: landline (laughs) landline look out it looks like a classy joint from your background there it looks like it could be one of those those stock uh (laughs) they can't call you now if you unplug it (laughs) put a do not disturb thing on the door doesn't matter if they knock that's right stock pictures in the background. I mean that's a pretty that's a pretty classic tree back there, you
0: know, the, uh, uh, the the wooded area. You know how we do. That yeah. The cool. classic holiday and express. That's how I roll. Nice. Nice. Yeah. You know, I might be able to perform surgery tomorrow. We'll see. The thing that the other thing I wanted to say before we get this thing started, I want to apologize to everybody watching on YouTube today because I didn't bring a hat with me. And I know how goofy my hair can get, and I didn't bring a hat on the road. I don't wear a hat for work. It's a little weird, but yeah, I apologize ahead of
1: time. What's wrong with the, what's wrong with your hair?
0: Well, I not all of us are blessed with a full head of hair like you, bub. Look at that thing. <laughs> Dude, that goes back like six inches past my forehead, where You're- my where my receding
1: hairline heads to. Whatever. <clears throat> All right, so you're in a you're in a classy joint there, coming to us uh, from the Holiday Inn Express. I'm coming to you from the same old boring, poorly lit uh, uh, living room. My back to my. It's not the thing.
0: It's room. not the same old. It's not the same old because the last two weeks you've come to us from
1: a different location. You're right. You're right. I have. I'm I'm back home though, uh, and uh, I'm on, on, in the comfort. Of my own couch, even though it's not a very comfortable couch, and uh, just sit my my same old boring wall, the same old white background.
0: Yeah, right. you can tell he's been at his at his woman's house for the last two weeks because very well decorated in the background, beautiful floating shelves, uh, picture frames, things Adam would never have in his house. Correct. On that note, let's talk about, let's get into it. So we've got, uh, we've got our Mount Rushmore quarterbacks. We've got uh, Reese Nicholson live at the Athenium, I believe, whatever that is. And then we want to get the, the sports topic for today that we're going to get into is going to be something that's been going on here for a while. James Harden was traded to the Nets from the Rockets. Today, we're recording Wednesday night. Today was the first time. It's He's three – Harden's three games in, but tonight's the first game with all three of their stars. So tonight against Cleveland, which I just found out since Kyrie's been gone for three – two years now, three years? Three years now, Kyrie has only played in Cleveland one time. This is his second time playing in Cleveland since he's been gone four years ago. So, that being said, it went to overtime. They lost, but all three played, Kyrie, Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant.
1: What do you think? Well, first of all, we should – and this is obviously a continuation from the discussion we started talking about last week uh, when we found out like an hour before we went on or something like that, (laughs) that James Harden had been traded. And so we, we got to see a couple of his games where where it was just he and Kevin Durant. And they won, I think they won both of those first two games that Harden played with Brooklyn. And both of those guys played very well. Um, They, their normal numbers, Kevin Durant looks terrific. It looks like he is. Oh, it, it looks like uh, Kevin Durant is his old self. It looks like he has not missed a beat. Um, and he's 100% healthy, I think, because he looks so good. He's run the floor. He's cutting. He's, he's doing everything you would think a guy that had such a catastrophic injury wouldn't, you know, would be apprehensive about doing when he first comes back and starts playing games. He looks fantastic. James Harden looks suddenly re- rejuvenated <laughs> since he got – He looks
0: like he lost weight. I think he was wearing a fat suit
1: in Houston. I think he was wearing a fat suit. <laughs> I've seen so many th- things on Twitter and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Somebody posted pic- a picture, like a split picture, of his last game in Houston and his like pregame first game in Brooklyn, and it does look like he lost 30 pounds in two days or something like that. Hey. Looks like a totally – So different- we know that –
0: we know that Harden dropped a ton of weight uh, last year in between that COVID layoff, right, and got in phenomenal shape. Uh, so I, I believe he was in great shape. It's probably the way the jerseys moving on him or something like that in those Houston Rockets pictures. But Harden and Durant were laughing, having fun. They looked like They, they looked like they belonged together. They could win the East, just the two of them, the way it looked. They looked tough. Tonight, you got Kyrie
1: back. And they – it's funny because they played – it was double overtime, as a matter of fact. James Harden and Kevin Durant both played over 50 minutes, and Kyrie played 48 minutes, over 48 minutes. So – and they – all the three of them easily led the team in minutes. Jeff Green is playing – that's the thing. They gave up just about all of their depth uh, in bringing these guys in. So,
0: but, but think about this. By giving up all of that depth, right, you now have three stars. Three studs. You're guaranteed to have at least one in at all times. It's not like other teams that may not have one of their two stars in at any given time. They – will. There is no point in any game that all three of them are going to be sitting out unless they're up by 150.
1: Yeah, and they'll have plenty of those games too, I'm sure. Um, oh, yeah. But, but those guys played that many minutes in this game, and they lost by 12 to Cleveland, who's, who's had a really good start to the season. Um, but it still feels like they are – they've got to be considered one of the bottom, at least in the bottom half of the league. By the end of the league, or by the end of the season, you would think that, that things will even out, and they kind of play to the back of their basketball card, and and, um, and they'll be where they've been the last since LeBron left. Um, so <laughs> uh, Sorry, sorry. I just moved because
0: I feel like I I was being too loud over there. So I feel like that was closer to where the person on the other side of the wall's bed might be. So
1: I moved it down to the other side. That's very considerate of you. Uh, I I appreciate that. So Harden had a triple-double, another triple-double. He only scored 21 points. But – On this team, you're probably going to see that. You're probably going to see one of these three guys every night get 20, 22, 23, when they would normally average 28, 29, 30. All three of those guys can average 30 points easily a night. And there might be a few nights this year that we see three guys get 30 points on this team. It might give you 90. Um, And they're going to have to, going back to that depth, that point about depth, you know, Jeff Green starting for them. He played 45 minutes tonight. Uh, And DeAndre Jordan, who, you know, they had Jared Allen. And he was kind of the young, the younger guy who can play more minutes, who was probably going to be taking over and, uh, you know, playing a lot more minutes and DeAndre Jordan was coming off the bench and was going to kind of, you know, fill in rebounding and defense in the post. Uh, against other teams bigger players but he is now starting he's now back to starting for them and he's going to have to play a decent amount of minutes um you know they've got joe harris coming off the bench one of the best shooters in the league so he he should flourish joe harris should flourish he's he should still get plenty of looks i think um he might he might get a few less touches a game or something but um he should be wide open a lot. He should,
0: he should be wide open. And the three, the big three, Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant, and Durant, even though their points may drop, you're going to see all of their assists go up, every one of them. Because every pass that they've made in the past to a secondary player that the shot was missed, that shot's going in 65% of the time to 75% of the time now because you've got three of the best scorers in all of basketball.
1: That's right. And this was, like you said, James Harden's third game in Brooklyn. So this is his second triple-double in the three games uh, that he's played. So Because he had 12 assists tonight. Uh, Durant had eight assists. Durant was two assists away from a triple-double. He had 38, and Kyrie had 37 in his return back after however many games he just missed for personal reasons. I still don't know exactly what they were. but. but you know the total they had what 75 uh or yeah so they had night hold on they had they had 96 tonight together so um yeah. Ha- i mean that, that, you're going to get that a lot i mean 90 doesn't sound all that far off i mean, it, it might happen more more often than i even thought
0: maybe every single night
1: maybe every night but is whatever so unfortunately I didn't get to watch the game but was adding Kyrie did that add a different element to the way they were playing to make them not be able to stop I, I mean I, I don't think I don't feel like Kyrie Irving would make you a worse defensive team um, but maybe you're just not as good a defensive team when you have I mean Kyrie is, is a score first guy James Harden obviously is a I mean the only thing he does well on defense really is rebound. Um because he's a pretty big guard but yep I, other than that I mean I, you're you're kind of relying on those guys to do most of everything for you. You know, uh, DeAndre Jordan isn't the 15 rebound a game DeAndre Jordan he was in LA. He got he played 24 minutes, got four rebounds tonight. So you're going to head I mean there aren't there's nobody coming off this bench that's going to Spencer Dinwiddie is still not is still hurt, um, so that that's another guy that um, that's going to be when he gets back is going to give them another another good player uh, who can do a little bit of everything. But I don't know. This is a weird thing to have Kyrie back; those guys to school, put up that many points and to give up 147. Um, So, I don't know. after In overtime. In overtime. In overtime.
0: And their defense will come along. I think their defense will come along as these guys get learning uh, the fact that they're going to have to play more defense because they're not going to be the the star on the court, the individual star on the court all the time. If three of them are playing, they can't count on four other guys to play defense because there's only two other guys out there. And they will figure that out. I truly believe that these are three – Uh, phenomenal basketball players they're too smart not to figure it out that being said how do you feel Kyrie coming back is going to work on this team
1: Chris we always say you know winning kind of solves everything solves all kinds of problems if they if they can outscore people and and if that's the way they're gonna run it and they're gonna try to beat people 140 to 130 every night or something like that, they can do that. And that's you know, it's not it's not gonna be a surprise under Steve Nash and Mike D'Antoni. It's not gonna be a surprise if that's exactly the, if that's the way they play. But they are good, but that has traditionally not worked to get through the playoffs into the finals. It didn't work in in um In Phoenix, with those guys, with Steve Nash as the point guard, as the MVP of the league uh, and and one of the best players in the league for five, six, seven years in that system under Mike D'Antoni, they were one of the best teams in the league, but they never got over that hump. They never got to the finals. And then Houston never got to the finals under Mike D'Antoni and James Harden. So that – But those teams teams didn't have
0: three of the top ten players in the entire league –
1: playing. Right. Right. Um but they're going to have to and you know what I think it's going to have to come I mean Steve Nash is going to have to say okay look we need to to offense is going to come for us because we have three guys who are three of the most talented scorers and in basketball players with the ball in their hands in the, in the entire world. That's going to come naturally. Like I I don't even know that you have to worry about worry about the offensive end. Honestly, I I think you almost focus a little bit more on what you need to do on defense, put together schemes each night for whoever you're playing and try to get guys to, to, you know, be convinced that guess what? These three guys get to get out and run. If you get defensive stops and you get rebounds and quick outlets and steals and stuff like that. I mean, that's how every team that runs and gets out in transition Most of the time, those teams are good defensive teams because that stuff starts on the defensive end. So if they can convince everybody to do that, if they can get DeAndre Jordan maybe back a little bit closer to what he was, get him uh, you know, excited about being one of the best defenders and shot blockers and rebounders in the league, even if he doesn't get back, and he probably won't get back to where he was, but if he can get back to giving you 10 points and 10 rebounds a game, and you can kind of count on that and, and getting a a, bl- a couple of blocks a game and changing, you know, eight, nine, 10 shots around the rim and making teams shoot mid range jumpers and stuff more often. If they can get him to do that. And then you get, you still have Kevin Durant. Remember when Ke- the first year, Kevin Durant got to golden state, he was for the first half of the year was leading the league in block shots per game because they got him, they convinced him to lock in defensively. And he's, an athletically gifted guy he's 6'11 or whatever and his wingspan is 22 and a half feet long or whatever it is and and he can be a great defender when he wants to be And in same Kyrie Irving's one of the quickest guys in the league and James Harden is one of the one of the really kind of one of the smartest players in the league James
0: Harden was was in the top 10 in steals last year
1: right for a guy known for not playing good defense or not playing hard on defense that's pretty good you know, because he, right. he's a, I feel like he's a step or two ahead of everybody else. And that's what makes him such a great score. If he applies that on both ends, I think this team could be a, a really good, a, a, at least a good defensive team. They don't have to be the best defensive team in the league at all. They don't even have to be close to that. If they're in the top third or something, if they're the 10th best team, defensive team in the league, they're going to be the first or second best offensive team in the league. Probably that's a pretty good formula right there. Okay, so Kyrie's back. Kyrie
0: missed seven games. Seven games due to family and personal stuff. NBA fined him 50000 He was fined more money by his team. Is this, in, in reality, outside of the basketball things, is this going to work?
1: Uh, long term, I'm going to say no. I think it can work for a year. I think it can work for this year, maybe next year. Beyond that, I don't have much hope. Because so I- is Kyrie the odd man out then? Well, I mean, uh, contracts, money is going to have to do with how that all works. They're going to have to figure that out, but um, – it seems like the guy who's had – I don't know. thats hard to say because, I mean, the things – in Houston is playing on TV right now, and before their game, they had a little thing where John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins, two other stars in this league, former stars, um, and we'll see how they do because they're, they're the two best players in Houston now, um, spoke openly to the media about the disrespect that James Harden had on their team, to their team, to their teammates, to them. Usually, especially in the league now, the I'm going to call it the LeBron era league, where the stars are friends.
0: It's, know, not uh, just, it's not just your team is your
1: family. The league is a family. That's right. And stars usually don't speak out like that about each other in the media. There are probably plenty of guys in the league that don't care for each other, don't like each other that much. Chris Paul has had all kinds of issues with guys, and he, he does his little you know, mind games and stuff like that during games, and he's had trouble with some teammates and stuff like that. And so has Kyrie Irving, and so has James Harden, and so have some other guys who have played in all-star games in this league. Um, but for the most part, they don't speak. In the media, just openly about this guy was disrespectful. He was coming in, being, you know, criticizing people and, and coming in late, not caring about anything, and not giving any effort, and you know, being careless and all that kind of stuff. It was surprising to hear that. So, so uh, let I'm gonna let say let me tell you probably what I... probably the the odd man out because. It doesn't even feel fair to say this, but it kind of does because I kind of feel like he does this himself. It feels like if there's going to be a problem with anybody, it's going to be with him being being unhappy and wanting to change things or something. If if things go south, if they lose two or three games in a row, and you start hearing people comment and and you know being you're going to hear things. This is this is the going to be the most watched team in the league, the most closely followed and scrutinized team in the league for the rest of the year, no matter what. And, and good for, that's good for LeBron. That's good for a couple of these other teams that are top um. of the league. They're, gonna, they're not going to have to worry too much about those distractions because everybody's eyes are on, on Brooklyn right now. So, yes, I'm going to say to answer your question, Kyrie's probably the guy out. But James Harden over the last few years has had those troubles too. We'll find out when things don't go well for a week or two. We'll find out when the
0: Lakers beat him in the finals, and at that point in time, Harden will be the one that's out for two reasons. Number one, his contract—he's got his, the years on his contract are less than where than what KD signed a brand new contract, Kyrie signed a brand new contract when they came to to Brooklyn. Harden, Harden's going to be the odd man out. For that reason and the fact of what you said about Boogie Cousins and and John Wall, I think the respect factor for Harden is less than the other two. And this is hard for me to say, because, and I like Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving is, like I've said it a million times, I think he's the best finisher at the basket in all basketball. He might be the best clutch shooter. In the entire in the entire league, like if there's a last second shot that I want taken on that team, it's Kyrie Irving over Kevin Durant. Oh, well, definitely over James Harden, but over Kevin Durant, I want Kyrie Irving taking that shot. I that's me personally, and I do not like the stuff Kyrie has been doing. But I want to break. I I, I I've been thinking about this all day today. I saw something yesterday, and Kyrie Irving is known and in the media especially lately the ridiculous stuff he says he he gets himself in really bad situations with his words and part of that could just be the fact that he doesn't know how to express himself right some people are aloof some people have some issues that's Kyrie this man over just over the last year has donated $323,000 to Feeding America He partnered with City Harvest to make sure that 250,000 meals were distributed to to New Yorkers that couldn't get, that that, that were hungry and starving in the city of New York. Partnered with Nike to donate 17 pallets of food and masks to the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. Committed $1.5 million to the WNBA players who opted out of last year's regular season paid off nine students tuition at, at, at at Lincoln university. Uh, And, and no matter how you feel, he bought a house for the family of the George, of George Floyd. And I don't care how you feel uh, politically or whatever about that whole situation. It's something that means something to him. If Something means something to you and you have the ability to do it. Do you do it? Yes or no. Some people do. Some people don't. Kyrie had the money, the money to help someone out for a cause that he believed in, whether you believe in the cause or not. That's not the point. The point is this man does a lot and he never talks about any of it. None of it. He'll never post. He'll never say a word about any of it. And I kind of feel bad that this dude is just getting his head kicked in lately over something that he's been struggling with since, since last season. His personal issues and his mental state has not been right since this George Floyd and all this other stuff happened last year. Mm. I think Kyrie's going to be fine. The more I think about it and the more I read into this, I think Kyrie be fine. It's James Harden
1: that I'm worried about. Really? So uh, we know that – okay, so we know that they – he had trouble with Chris Paul. Okay, they they ended up butting heads or whatever, and that stuff all came up, especially at the end when they lost in the playoffs. I mean, it was – there was some talk about it, and then it all kind of blew up after they lost and, and were eliminated. And then Russell Westbrook came in, and they couldn't quite get it right either. And they got eliminated from the playoffs. And yeah,
0: Russell was hurt. Russell was hurt for a lot of that too. And there was a lot of things that went into that.
1: Yeah, and same with Chris Paul too. Um, but then, and then this year, that disrespect stuff that those guys were talking about—that was after James Harden had committed himself to leaving Houston. He asked for a trade. He wanted to be traded in the offseason. They didn't. Houston wasn't going to do it. They didn't. They didn't trade him. Um So they wanted him to stay. they wanted to keep trying to build around him, and he just he just could not get back to that he I think he had already left in his mind and so and once you're you know I think a lot of us have been in that situation once once you have one foot out the door, whether it 's a job or a relationship or whatever. Sometimes you, you just get in your head, you're like, this isn't going to work out. I'm done. And, and he even said that after the last game uh, that he played there. And he said, you know, uh, I love the city of Houston. This just isn't going to work out. I just don't think this can be fixed. He said that. And uh, And that was – he had already had one foot out the door. And then him saying that in the media was like – I think really caught the attention of the front office in Houston, and that's when they realized, I, look, we can't – this guy's going to poison the team, and obviously he was by the, by the comments that Boogie and John Wall made. Um, so I, they made the right – we talked about that last week. We both think they made the right choice in Houston to go ahead and move on. It might take years and years to build it back up for them, which stinks, but – the ultimate goal was winning a championship and they didn't get there with him. And he was unhappy enough. He wanted out. He needed a new fresh start. Everybody needs that sometimes. And uh, this is his fresh start and he's got better teammates and he's, uh, he's going to have an opportunity to play in in another system and probably a similar system to what he was playing before, except now he, he gets instead of getting 12 assists a game to PJ Tucker and Trevor Ariza, and uh, and Eric Gordon, he's getting him to be <laughs> Irving and Kevin Durant, right? And Joe Harris. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's it's going to be. I see Harden being a little more committed now, probably. Uh, and, and I don't know if I can say the same thing for Kyrie. That's why I think if anybody is going to have the bigger issue, it's going to be Kyrie but all i know is i'm excited like i said i wasn't able to watch the game tonight but i'm excited to be able to watch the game with all three of them together because like we said durant and harden the other night i got to watch those two together and they i mean they were on the floor they were passing to each other they were, it was it was strange to me it felt weird to see james harden catch the ball in the wing and make a post entry pass into the low post and then just kind of back off and, and re, <laughs> relocate on the three-point line, like, okay, go to work. Like, he, yep. didn't to, he got rid of the ball and had no interest in getting it back or, you know, was like, okay, Kevin Durant has the ball in the post. He's going to score. I don't have to do anything else. That's going to be the key
0: right there, Kevin Durant, the quiet assassin, right? He's going to be the key to making these this big three work and to making it gel it's all going to be about kevin durant because he's the one he him and james harden are friends they we we that's well documented they they get along they're they're good friends they played great together in oklahoma city years ago now it seems like forever ago but in in um all-star games and everything else they've been together and and they're friends kyrie last year it seemed like him and kyrie had had some kind of a decent uh relationship even though He didn't play at all, but it's going to come down to how he manages these two. He's going to have to have more of a vocal role inside the locker room, not necessarily outside, but inside the locker room. You're going to have Kevin Durant's going to have to keep this team together.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And Kevin Durant, like I, I think because of the example, like when he first got to Golden State and they, you know, kind of were like, okay, we're obviously an incredible offensive team already and then we're adding you, but we also play defense here, and this is what we expect of you. And so I think getting that treatment when he got there, I think now it's his turn to take that and kind of be, like you said, be the one vocal about, okay, guys, we're obviously – we don't have to – to, to Kyrie's point in the off season probably don't even need a coach because we can do we can we're all intelligent enough and skilled enough to score whenever we want however we want. We have three different guys that can get that can get buckets every single trip down the floor. Now we've got to make it make sure everybody's committed to the defensive end too and make sure we're doing our jobs there so that we can so that the offensive part can be easier for us.
0: yep all right. So I feel like I feel like we got all our Kyrie and 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 Brooklyn that stuff out of us. So let's get into the fun stuff, the fun parts of the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Let's do it. You got to pick both the Mount Rushmore and the comedian for this year. The Mount Rushmore you chose all time great quarterbacks, which holy cow, all time great might be the most difficult thing in the world. But I'm gonna let you go first and tell me. All about your all-time great NFL quarterbacks because I know you have plenty of reasons why. <laughs>
1: this is this is hard because number one, football is a distant third, maybe not even third uh, as far as favorite sports. You know, I, I can I can sit there and look at pitchers' numbers and shortstops, and left fielders and first basemen and, and catchers all day long. I can look at point guards and centers and, and shooting guards and rank those guys and look at numbers and all that stuff, and I love it. Football is a game I've never played. It's a game I've watched my whole life, but it's a game that I, I have not been quite as into as those other games. So I, I feel less qualified to talk about this, but I did think it was gonna be fun because I thought this one was gonna be kind of hard. I thought this was gonna be more of a challenging one. And um, although there, we've done some ones that were more fun, I think, this one was gonna be more challenging. And I was kind of interested to kind of look into these things a little bit and see. So I have picked three. I picked three on my Mount Rushmore and I've got on the spot. I'm gonna to have to pick a 4th you You're pulling a Chris. Oh, Chris, and this is tough. This is I, I love it. I have no idea who my fourth is going to be. But I'm going to I'm going to give you right up front. Let me just tell you, I'm taking Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and Drew Brees on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Holy cow. Let me since I knew that was going to get a reaction, let me tell you why. Okay. There are a bunch of guys from the 40s 50s 60s 70s who could and should be in this conversation the guys from the 90s and especially the 2000s and the 2010s those guys those numbers are going to be you know if you look up the guys all time passing touchdowns and passing yards and that kind of stuff the top 15, like 10 of them, are either playing now or, or have just retired in the last few years. Exactly. Because the game is played differently. They're, they pass the ball so much more now than they did 30 and 40 years ago, and everybody knows that. So, But here's the thing. I think that means that it doesn't necessarily mean you are a better quarterback or – you know, the Roger Staubachs and the even as far back as the Otto Grahams and those kind of guys, those guys played in a time where they didn't throw the ball nearly as much and throwing the ball was mostly just used late in games when you were losing. Now it's used all game, every game, and for some teams it's their primary means of offense. They throw first and run the ball second. And – That started, you know, it got huge with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. Andrew Breeze at that time, um, you know, those guys. And then even a little bit before that with Elway and Marino and Aikman and those guys, mostly with Elway and Marino. And to me, that means that you have a greater responsibility. So you have a greater responsibility to not only read the defense, figure out these guys are now – play. especially Peyton Manning made it famous again, calling your own plays, make audibles, changing plays at the last second, reading the defense as you line up and changing the play and then snapping the ball and running something totally different. It, it, it just he, – he sort of re-revolutionized again the way the game is played and the way quarterbacking is done, right? Sure. And so I, to me, you have a greater responsibility. If you have to throw the ball 40 or 50 times a game, that means, yes, you have more opportunities. You're going to get more yards. You're going to get throw more passing touchdowns and stuff like that and and have more completions, but you are also put, you have a greater responsibility. You are put in a position to make a play a lot more often. You are the, your numbers go up with your opportunities, which also means your opportunities to fail as well. You, you know, theoretically, you should be throwing more interceptions and uh, complete, you know, and completing less passes probably like your completion percentage should be lower now because you're throwing the ball so much more. So for that reason, I think that being a quarterback is harder now, even though the rules have also changed to favor, you know, it's, it's, You can't get hit as much. Um, And, you know, it's designed for the offense to succeed a little bit more because of the rules with pass interference and that kind of thing. But I I just feel like the responsibility is a lot greater. So the guys like Manning, Brady, Breeze, who have these – who have all the records and who are first, third, fourth – first, second, third, fourth and just about everything uh, all time, as far as like total stuff, um, yep. I I think that's, I think that's because they have had uh, more on their shoulders, a more heavy load on their shoulders. So I put those three, and then I kind of want to reach back and and put one of those older guys in, but I'm gonna say, it's between Joe Montana, Johnny Unitas, Dan Marino. Roger Staubach, and John Elway. So that's a lot to choose from for my for my last. That and is a
0: lot to choose from.
1: And you're not even talking about Aaron Rodgers, who's right there with – almost right there with some of those guys. When, when he finishes his career, he'll be right there, if
0: not have beaten yeah. most of these records.
1: You're right. Um, and, and so it, it's hard because – they didn't throw quite as much. And some of these guys who are famously all time great quarterbacks, the John Elways and the Joe Montana's and those guys are just as famous because of what they did in the postseason. They were on good teams, and they were a big reason why they were on good teams, but they also had good teams around them. And they were quarterbacks on really good teams. And they their performances in the playoffs were usually spectacular but they weren't always at the very top of the league in everything in passing yards and completions and all that kind of stuff. Like the guys like Brady and Manning and Breeze were throughout the, the regular season every year and the postseason, Right. So that kind of throws me off a little bit. I don't know how much I'm a guy that likes to, I'm talking way too much about this last one. I'm a guy that doesn't like to put to put like, you know, because uh, Joe Montana was four and zero in Super Bowls. That's incredible. But if Peyton Manning has ten thousand more passing yards in the same amount of years than Joe Montana does, to me, that's that's you're a better quarterback. You know, um, than winning four Super Bowls over one Super Bowl, or two Super Bowls, or whatever Peyton. Um, so I, I don't know. I have always had a thing with Dan Marino. I don't know, like, I, I just all the stuff I heard about him. And he, was, he had his best years in the 80s um, when I was probably too young to really appreciate Dan Marino back then. Um, but the way that people talk about his skill set, and he was, he was putting up unbelievable numbers on some teams that weren't all that good in Miami. Um, he was the first, the first quarterback to throw for five thousand yards in a season. Uh, his '84 season, he threw for over five thousand yards. Uh, he set a single-season touchdown record with 48, which has been broken like six times now. But, <laughs> but at the time, um, that was a record that had stood for a long time, and he broke it. And he broke it by 12 touchdowns, uh, which is <laughs> is crazy. And then the next closest guy had 19 less touchdowns. So he had 48 touchdowns, the next closest guy that year had 29. Um, it's crazy. So I, Dan Marino, for some reason, and I know he didn't, he never won a championship. Like I said, he was on some teams that weren't that good. He had, I think it was an Achilles injury or something. He had like a pretty bad injury in 93 and was never quite the same after that. Um, his, his greatest accomplishment, his greatest achievement in football, is uh, his role in Ace Ventura. And, um, and, and it, you know, he, he was he <laughs> part, he played a big part. And as a matter of fact, he's the one that pointed out the uh, the thing that helped Ace discover why, how Ray Finkel and uh, Lois Einhorn were linked. Uh, at the, at the, Finkel and Einhorn. Yeah, and that, and that last... Your gun uh, is
0: digging into my hip.
1: <laughs> That's right. Uh, what's, what's the matter, Ace? You want me to read you your rights? So anyway, so I'm going to go ahead and put for his role in... Uh, because he was so good. From what I understand, it was like he had like a zero... Like a three-tenths of a second release or something like that, which was like unheard of at that time. Way over top. Like, yeah, he was... He was he was fantastic skill set wise. Um, and he, I think if he didn't get hurt and if he played on a little bit better team, he would have been even better. And we would be talking about Dan Marino's an easy, an easy one in there. So I'm taking him as my fourth guy. Let's see yours.
0: So I'm starting with Johnny Unitas. Yeah. Johnny Unitas was a four time MVP. Johnny Unitas was, there was no other quarterback like him. In his era, he was so far. So, like we talk about these quarterbacks now and you got Breeze, Manning, uh, Brady, Rogers, and they all are breaking these records of, of Favre and of uh, uh, Dan Marino and all these old, you know, old timer records. We talk about all these guys, but they're, they're all doing it together, Right. Johnny Unitas was head and shoulders above everybody else. So I put Johnny Unitas in there because of how he was in his era. Um, I put Dan Marino in there because he held – because in his era, he held – he literally set the bar for what the new quarterback is now. 30 years ago, Dan Marino – like you said, everything about his passing record, his touchdown record, is all the records he held for years. From there, there are so many quarterbacks. So I broke my next two down strictly by the thing that that quarter, quarterbacks are the ones who have the ball in their hand, and more than anybody. So I I went by the the quarterbacks who have the most who have the most Super Bowls, and I went with Joe Montana and Tom Brady. So Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, Johnny Unitas. And I'm going to tell you right now, to keep Brett Favre off of that list, to keep Peyton Manning off of that list, is as hard as it can be. And I love Drew Brees more than anybody in the entire world. Probably the most accurate quarterback to ever set foot on a football field. But he played with... Manning with Brady with uh, even with Favre for a while and with these other guys and you know unfortunately he he couldn't set himself apart in any way whereas Tom Brady did by winning six Super Bowls maybe a seven or has he have seven I don't know how many Super Bowls the guy's been in fourteen conference championships in twenty years or something it's so stupid it's not even funny
1: yeah he's got he's got six championships Drew Brees. Is first all time in completions, first all time in yards, second all-time in touchdowns. To your point, he played same era with all those guys. And he is right. You gotta find the thing that
0: sets sets yourself apart from everybody else, right? Well, in Dan Marino's era, there was no quarterback who had well, there was. It was it was Joe Montana. mm -hmm. So they both make it. Johnny Unitas makes it because there was he was a game changer. If I could have five, would I put a, a Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning was a better quarterback than Drew Brees. Yeah, Drew Brees is my favorite quarterback of all time. If it was my personal Mount Rushmore, Drew Brees would be on there. He's my favorite quarterback of all time. He's just on that. He's 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 just a hair below. He's with he's with Brett Favre. Peyton Manning and him in that next tier, and then you've got underneath him, you've got Stallback, you've got Roethlisberger, you've got Namath, and and, and um, nope. who else am I missing? Huh? Elway. No Elway. So there's there are those guys there, but they're just not. And and you know who else doesn't get enough? Um, enough props in this is a guy who made it not just to four Super Bowls but four straight Super Bowls Jim Kelly, Jim Kelly should be talked about in, a, in something like this yeah. I if he if his luck changes and he won those four straight Super Bowls
1: he might be talked about as the greatest quarterback ever well then do you do you talk about the guy who played against him in two or three of those Troy Aikman yeah, Troy Aikman, yeah, I mean, I guess, but it was only two. Jim yeah. Kelly made it to
0: four straight. Brother, that's ridiculous.
1: That's fantastic. That's very, very good. Those Bills teams were great. We, this might be the next time you see uh, this year. Might be the next time you see a Bills team go to the Super Bowl. That's That was going to be it my – depends on if, if Patrick Mahomes plays or not. Yeah, right. You're right. Um now, I was going to ask you your favorite all time. Like, forget about numbers, forget about all that stuff, but you so saw Drew Brees, by yeah. far. Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning, pretty easily my favorite. Drew Brees is the
0: most accurate quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life. I remember when he was with San Diego, he was in a Pro Bowl, and it was him in the, the, in the Pro Bowl, one of the games they played, was this thing where they had these big targets moved back and forth, and you had to throw balls and things, and, and the balls had blue chalk on the end of them, and it came down to him and Peyton Manning, and he beat the brakes off of Peyton Manning at the end of that. He hit, he was hitting bullseyes dead center, thirty yards, forty yards down the field, in the time, you know, and it was timed. It was amazing and he's been like that his whole life that's why his completion percentage is so high that's why he's got so many completions therefore yards therefore touchdowns it's it is what it, you know it all comes
1: together and man that offense they always put two or three really good receivers around him and they they had they just filled the field with receivers and threw it down the field and he did they
0: did they really do that or did he do what Tom Brady did and just make receivers unbelievable
1: yeah th- Tom th-
0: Brady th- made th- Tom Brady made a lot of receivers money because after they left New England you never heard of them again outside of um, outside of Randy Moss who was his best receiver Dion branch
1: um, I was trying to think of who early on I'm I'm thinking somebody else um or maybe maybe Deon Branch is who I'm thinking of somebody somebody in those first few years uh, I feel like there's somebody I'm I'm thinking of that I can't think of his name but anyway Randy Moss either way Randy Moss was definitely his best receiver he ever had um and yeah he had Wes Welker I I don't know what would happen to Wes Welker if he played if he played with Drew Brees might have been the same thing, but that's too. That's too- yeah. No, no, but that's different though. West, Well, I'm talking. West Welker
0: is a possession receiver, right? So that's just the best hands that you've ever seen, right? It's just a dude that that gets open and has unbelievable hands. I'm talking about a guy who can get up and make plays. That year with Randy Moss, when they went 16 and 0. That year with Randy Moss, what was it? They were they were 17 and one over the when they lost in that Super Bowl against the Giants. That year with Randy Moss, you it showed what would happen if the Patriots ever put a real number one wide receiver with Tom Brady. Tom Brady was breaking records, single season records that year because that's how good he is. 50 touchdowns, 50 touchdowns
1: that year, or more, I think, 50, maybe 50, 51, 52, like that. I think it was 54. 54, yeah. <clears throat> that was a crazy year. That was incredible to see who might be the best wide receiver to ever play with the bet. I think everybody pretty much considers Tom Brady the best quarterback ever now. Uh, so pretty interesting to see all kind of like the, uh, greatest catcher and greatest second baseman playing on the same team at the same time as well, uh, of all time. So anyway, there you go there. That's our quarterbacks. We got that one out of the way. Um, I hope, I hope your dad isn't too upset with our picks. Uh, He wanted us to do eras. I know eras would be
0: it would be easier to do eras, but this is more difficult, and I kind of like the difficult factor in it.
1: Yeah, eras, eras would be fun too, and that it brings me to what we're going to do next week. So, because I had to do two consecutive, because you did two consecutive, so I, I had to do two consecutive. So, what I'm thinking is, what I was thinking is Mount Rushmore of sports movies, but. We either do sports movies or we make it specific baseball movies or basketball movies. You want to do sports in general, which is going to be harder. Okay. I have to do it. You're right. Thank you. You know what? You're, you're kind of, you're kind of therapy for me. You, you, you make me make decisions and that's a hard that's thing. That's right. To do. That's right. I'm not and, doing it. And that's I'm not doing it. Um, let's do, we can always do. We can always go back and do sports movies in general down the road. So, since I believe that baseball is the best, is the best sports movie sport, in my opinion, I think we do Mount Rushmore of baseball movies next week. Oh man. Dude, you just—you just—you
0: oh, blew my mind. This is going. This is my. This might be my new favorite Mount Rushmore, since, since the '90s uh, sitcoms and before that, whatever we did before that. This might be my. Oh my gosh, it, 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 my top. My top ten movies of all time are all baseball movies. Yeah, I figured.
1: <laughs> I figured. <laughs> you know what's great okay. about that too, is you have. You have a a kind of a wide variety because some of the best comedies are baseball movies. Mm Durham's and you, you know, you're there, there are a few really major leagues,
0: all the major leagues.
1: Right. So we don't have to start naming all the baseball movies now because we could probably just do our mount. We could probably spend the next two hours and do our Mount Rushmore of baseball movies right now, but this is going to be the hardest one I've ever done. This is going to be the hardest one for me. We'll definitely save it um, for next week So, because we need to get into our last thing for the day. And that is the comedy segment. We do a pick, a comedy special every week to watch. Last week, I chose Reese Nicholson live at the uh, Athenium, I think you said, and that's probably right. Um, something, something like that. All right, I, I I would like to know what you think about Reese Nicholson first. My first okay. seeing this gentleman, and
0: first time I've ever seen this dude ever. Uh, first thoughts, that can't be his real hair. No. Uh, second thoughts were so in the beginning he jumped out right away and he's 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 here and he's here and he's here and it was I wasn't following him really good at first. And I'm going to tell you, once it hit the middle of this thing, it really picked up. And he started, I think he really started doing it. I started laughing. I finally started laughing, right? He, he talked about fur babies, your favorite thing. He yeah. hates it. Yeah. Love that. He has a fur baby, but he hates when people call it fur babies. Uh, talked about collecting hair and teeth. We just Your brother was just talking about this the other day. He's got a, he's got a jar full of his little baby teeth at home that your mom kept I thought that was hilarious um he was talking about I just got a few things that I laughed at things that made me actually laugh I wrote them down he was talking about uh about how him and his partner have a um have a sign like when when they want to get out of a conversation at a party he said he was talking to one of his friends and it was, it was what they do in are diving and he was like moving like this he goes what are you doing live tendering right now he was swiping right i thought that was pretty funny um and then he went to the uh when he went into the when he went into the sex shop that was super funny Ooh, he thought he was he thought he was pretty uh promiscuous and he found out he was pretty bland was like, Ooh boy Ooh, i hope that never happens to me and he saw a wall of fists that's pretty funny uh let's see there's two more um no <laughs> The Lady and the Tramp reboot, (laughs) his friend who caught his parents. uh, And then, uh, what does it say? Oh, when him and his his significant other were uh, getting frisky over Skype. And (laughs) he was checking his significant other out. And he said, but then down the bottom corner, there's a little rectangle (laughs) that had me in it. (laughs) And he was trying to close out the picture of himself and it just blew up and it froze. I laughed really hard at those. So I gotta say, man, I was surprised when this started, I was like, this is going to suck. This dude's not even very good. First 10, 15 minutes. Wasn't into it. And it was funny. I started cracking up. So I'm going to go, I'm going to give him like a three point three point eight. 3.8. It was pretty good.
1: Wow. That's a good score. And I'll tell you what, that's, you said exactly what I what I think about it. Exactly what I was going to say. Um, I felt exactly the same way that it, it started out. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's you're talking too fast. He has an accent, so it's it's you, you know it takes a little bit more to t- like a little bit more focus to really pick up everything he's saying. So that you had to adjust to that a little bit the first few minutes. And I I was like, okay, all this energy really right up top. It's going to be like this the whole time. All right. I put the subtitles on. Did you? Yeah. I didn't even think to do that. Yeah. I should have done that. Um, I usually don't like when the subtitles are on and I've dated people before who have subtitles on all the time. And I'm like, come on.
0: Only, only when there's British people or uh, that's the only time I
1: use subtitles. I got you. That makes sense. Um, so I'm like, man, this is great. And you're right, not his real hair, wearing tons of makeup. I'm like, this <laughs> this dude is – I don't even know what this guy really looks like because he has got <laughs> layers, layers of fake stuff on. But um, I had to look up if he was a male or a female. I it, wasn't 100%
0: sure. And then that, I found out, okay, if you watch
1: the whole special, okay, yeah, he's a male. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he even makes, makes a joke kind of early on about uh, – uh, gender. Oh yeah, uh, something about he was at a gender reveal party or something. Still, still haven't had mine or something like that. <laughs> Crossed his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, and I was the same way, man. But once it, once I got accustomed to it a little bit, to his energy and to to picking up, you know, everything he was saying and stuff like that. He is, he's funny. Um, so I was the same way, and I'm, I'm giving him a, I'm giving him a three point four. 3.4 because the first couple of minutes I'm like all right this guy's like a two or something maybe and then hung in there with it and uh it was worth it guys pretty good I enjoyed it I thought it was good
0: okay so that comes that brings it to me and uh I'll tell you here I was on Netflix, and uh, this is going to be a little long, all right? It's an hour and 37 minutes, so you got to bear with me on this. But I'm hoping and I'm thinking it's going to be worth it.
1: Okay.
0: Chris Rock, Total Blackout, The Tambourine Extended Cut. Chris Rock, brand-new special, just out this year. Hey, there it is. Hey, listen. This is this is a shout out to Adam Schmidt, just out this year. I'm not sure what month, but sometime this year. Oh yeah, <laughs> meaning 2020. <laughs> yes. So this actually came out in 2021. So it came out in January. It's in this month. It's this fresh. It's brand new. It's an hour and a half. It looks like it kind of goes in and out of some like him. I don't know doing something but the bulk of it is him doing stand up and if I can get Chris Rock doing stand up I will take it all day every day I'll tell you this I wanted to do Ali Sadiq. I've been listening to this dude like crazy but you can't get any of his full specials on anything really he's only got like two or three that he did back you know uh, you know five six years ago. I can't get them. You got to buy everything. Every one of them you got to buy, no matter how you get on it. So uh, I'm telling you at some point in time, we're going to figure out a way to do that. But this Chris rock total blackout, Netflix, get it on. Let's
1: go. I'm so happy. That was, I had that written down because that was going to be mine next week for sure. Um, I I did. You, you saw a tambourine, right? When it came. Yes. Yeah. So, but this is, I, I saw this last week or whatever. I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yes. It's, it's, even if it's the same jokes for some of it or whatever. It
0: can't be, though. It says extended cut, so I assume that it's extra.
1: Yeah. Maybe I, not. I'm. Well, I was thinking that it was, yeah, I was thinking it was the whole, the tambourine show that they released a year ago or whatever, but plus more, you know, some of the stuff that they cut out of the original one. So maybe we'll see the full tambourine plus another, 30 minutes of extended stuff. Yeah, Even if it is tambourine, we didn't do that one. So I'd be fine with hundred going back over it. 100%. Love Chris Rock. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm very, very happy that you picked that. All right. So we've got next week. Man, how exciting is that? We got Chris Rock to talk about next week. And we've got the Mount Rushmore of baseball movies to talk about next week. Not next only week. that,
0: Adam. Not only that. So we have the Xavier Musketeers, the college basketball Xavier Musketeers beat writer, Adam Baum, coming on for USA Today, beat writer, uh, inquire, USA Today, whatever you want to call it, beat writer. Adam Baum coming on next week to talk a little bit of college basketball and a lot of bit of Xavier basketball, plus all this stuff. It's going to be fun. I'm really excited. It's been probably close to a year since we've had him on, Friday. It's been it's been quite a while. It's been a crazy last year, obviously for all of us. But Adam's on. He'll be here. He's in for next week. Uh, hopefully, Zader will play a basketball game on Tuesday of next week because they'll have been off for 16 days before they play their that game um, due to COVID inside them and other programs. So it's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens, but. Adam Bound, Xavier Basketball, College Basketball. We've got Chris Rock. We've got Mount Rushmore baseball movies. Don't forget to turn your headlights on.